Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Before we get started, I do want to take a second and thank AKG for sending me their Podcaster Essentials Kit. It's got an incredible Lira mic and the most incredibly comfortable headphones that I've ever used. And AKG's Podcaster Essentials Kit has streamlined how we record. The quality is incredible for such an affordable package. It's not every day that an artist comes out of the blue to make me pause. Derek Day did exactly that. He started out playing on the streets in Santa Monica, doing over 70 different cover songs. Now, he's writing and recording with artists like Vernon Reed, an opening for Living Color, Ted Nugent, and Steve Vai. He has so much energy on stage and just in everyday life. I'm so glad we met, and I really look forward to the day I can catch a live show of his. His career is snowballing, so I recommend checking him out now so you can always say, I've known about Derek Day forever. Follow him at Derek Day Music on social media. Check out his latest single, Fine Lines, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you check out new music. Remember to follow us, too, at Performance ANX. Merchandise is at performanceanx.threadless.com. It's got our logo on it, which was designed by Mark Dancy, who also did the logo for Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger. You can always buy us a non-committal cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety. And please rate and review the show, no matter where you listen. It really does help. So buckle up, because this is one energetic show with Derek Day on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Okay, cool. Okay. So, and so performance anxiety pod. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, okay. Hello, this is Derek Day coming at you, weighing in at 100 and hopefully not more than 70 pounds. 
I want to say hello, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety Performance Anxiety Podcast um, with Mark Shea and Derek Day. We rhyme today, and hey, check out my new my new song, Fine Lines. It is a music video directed by Vicente Cordero, and it was super fun, and it's about lines that are fine. I don't know. That's probably... <laughs> yeah. I didn't intend to mess up, but I figured that's what you wanted anyway. <laughs> I'm just getting myself squared away here. I'm a little disorganized tonight, so... No, it's all good. Me too. Me too. I'm like, I'm like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did drink like eight pots of coffee just to keep up with your energy levels. So. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Killer. <laughs> uh, but I did feel my heart about to explode. So I am having a bourbon. Calm it all down. Nice. Yes. Good. Good call. Yeah. I should Mark, be a doctor. Yeah. You should. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to ask, where, where are you right now? Where are you uh, located? I'm in my uh, living room, actually, uh, oh. in Virginia. <laughs> in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Winchester, Virginia, home of Patsy Cline. Nice. Killer. Yeah. So I'm about, uh, I guess, 75 miles due west of D.C. Oh, killer. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So nice. When, you, when you come to D.C., I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So, so one of the things that I want to do, and I'll mention, well, I'll mention, shit, I'll mention it to you now. I went to college like two lifetimes ago for photography. And just before the pandemic hit, I, I kind of stopped when, when my wife and I had started a family. And I started shooting live events, you know, live music events again, just before the pandemic hit. So uh, watching your videos, yeah, I have got, to see you and I have to bring my camera because your shows are insane. Oh, killer. In a great way. That's so cool. I mean, it's so, it's so different from like when you see it on a screen. So it's like, I'm I'm glad you could, you have that eye. I'm sure you have that. Like you can picture it in real time. You don't even need it, man. You're just so full of energy. It's crazy. Awesome. Thank you so much. What I like to do is find out about the people coming on and to find out where you are, I'd like to know where you, you came from. So, sure. want to start off at the beginning. Okay. So, how did you get into music in the first place? Was there a lot of music in the house? Uh, were you listening to music? with parents listening to music? Yeah, but well, actually, you just hit it on the you hit the nail on the head. My parents would listen to music every freaking uh, all all the time, but they don't. Nobody really played music, but okay. like my mom would play disco while she was like cleaning the house, and my dad would play like maybe like some Zeppelin and stuff. They're both immigrants, and they just like they're like they just like that cool oh, cool, cool music. That's awesome. When did you start playing music yourself? Did you start off? On guitar, did they, they start off on, on lessons, school bands? How did music start with you? Thankfully, I had three older brothers and they were uh, two of them took guitar classes and they like or they heard when you know, when you have older brothers, they have sick taste in music. They just show you all the <laughs> I am the older brother. Stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, you should, I'm sure you started off listening to like heavy metal or something, right? Oh, yeah. Like some sort of rock and roll. My mom actually got me into it. She bought me my first wow. Led Zeppelin album. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and then, so I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you. And so we we went out, she had 
bought a whole bunch of vinyl. She loves Stairway to Heaven. And then she's like, okay, I'm done with this. You can have it. I'm like, okay. So I started listening to it and Black Dog just blew my mind. So that's how I got into it. So that's how I got my, my big brother musical taste. Oh, wow. That's so awesome, man. I mean, I was just like, my brothers just gave me like, uh, they, like they just, I heard him play riffs and I was like, can you teach me that? Like, I want to do that. And they were just teaching me like Sabbath and stuff and nice. Ramones and stuff. And, but then it was pretty much all self-taught from there. Like I stole my wow. older brother's licks and stuff, but everything else is just, and like singing too, I would like just sing along to instrumental music actually. Oh, and that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. Like, like actual instrumentals and make up your own lyrics. Uh, not even makeup lyrics, just kind of like uh, imitate whatever the tone or the whatever the voicing would be oh, wow. as much as I can. Um, it's just wow. funner. There's more loops and twirls and stuff. That's crazy. So what what were you listening to that ins- kind of inspired you vocally? Because you've got kind of a throwback vocal sound and style. Ah, you know, I would always sing one of the first like uh, th- CDs I ever bought was Cream of Clapton. Oh, it's yeah. Just, like the best of it's such a I think it's like really famous, like best of CD. Isn't yes. It? Yeah, man. It's yeah, it's like that was the first thing I had. And like all this, all the solos in that are so singable. And like I would just start singing to that just because his tone was perfect. Oh, and yeah. it was like so good. So like that and then like Guns N' Roses solos and and then after that, just kind of like, you know, just singing it. I don't know. Wow. For people who haven't heard you before this interview, I, I was trying to figure out how to describe your vocals. And I just did a show, a podcast not too long ago that I released, Defending Hair Metal. And I had mm. three prior guests on, uh, Jason Thompson from Vast Robot Armies, uh, actually two prior guests and a host of another podcast that I know. So it was, it was Jason Thompson from Vast Robot Armies. Ryan Smith from Soul Asylum and this guy, Mike Shue, who's in a, who hosts a podcast called Long May You Young. Great podcast. If you like Neil Young, you got to check this out because they go over every single Neil Young chronolog- Neil Young album chronologically. Wow. So we were all hair metal fans. So we just kind of started talking about doing a show for it. And, and it's, your voice reminds me of some of the singers we were talking about. I mean, it's kind of like Sebastian Bach on steroids, Mark Slaughter. If his testicles ever dropped, you know, <laughs> maybe a little David Coverdale, definitely some Axl Rose in there. It's just, it's that era vocals. And it's amazing to me. I've, I've sent all those guys your music. So they're, they're listening to it now, but. Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Were, was those the guys that were influencing you? I mean, it, cause a lot of people kind of eschew that era of, of vocals and, and music and they're more ah, I want to sound like Chris Cornell or Eddie Vedder but man you, you've just got Axl Rose pipes oh thanks so much dude and that's a, that's such a compliment because Axl has like oh yeah yeah man but like um yeah I mean it was it wasn't so much every band from like the 80s it really was more maybe like the super hits I would hear on like 95.5 KLOS like on the radio I would hear like those hits but I think it was just like Guns and like uh no like Guns Clapton and then like freaking wait I had it on the tip of my tongue I don't know it was like a lot of a lot of 60s guitar players and like Stevie Ray Vaughan like 70s oh yeah but also like yeah like his grit and stuff but at the same time my mom like 
like constantly played like ABBA and Michael Jackson and stuff. Oh wow! So that that really seeped. I think that's like where the high stuff. I don't know. Some of the trills and licks come from. Okay. When did you start playing out on the street? Because you started. You so you're from LA, mm-hmm. and then you end up playing on on the streets in Santa Monica. How did that all happen? Because you started that pretty young, right? I did. Yeah. Well, when I was, I started it when I was 13, but I've been going to that uh, little promenade where all those players are like since I was like three or four. And I just remember all these memories of good, talented musicians um, just like getting some dollars. So like it just kind (laughs) of kept going in my head. I'm like, I want to do that. They're having fun. They're getting some money. Like I just want to do that. So I just jumped out. I ran out with my, my dad and like, um, I chose like a dark corner, you know, so like I could test the waters. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but man, yeah, that, that was like around 13. I did it for, I still, I still did it until like the, everything shut down actually. Wow. Before there was a time there for like almost like a strong t- 10 years. I would do it every weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just wow. every single weekend. So I kind of like, that's how I like learned music and performing. And you're going out there by yourself. There's no band. It's just you. Yeah, or yeah, maybe backing tracks. Right, right, yeah. but but no people. It's just you. Yeah. So when you yeah. first started, were you going out there with uh, an electric and a little amp, or was it acoustic, or how did you get started with that? I tried some different things. I even brought out like a piano and stuff, but the, I always just like honed in on the electric with an amp and like a, and I even start like I had literally the first things I had was like a giant car battery to mic up a, a really <laughs> shitty Marshall amp. And and a first act to play to, for my vocals. Oh, nice. And it was, I still have, it's like super small and like, um, <laughs> like a fat, like giant CD player, like a stereo player with like really shitty speakers. And like, I have like 10 CDs. I would like have to skip and they always got scratched. And, and that's like <laughs> how it happened for like the first year or so, a couple wow. years. Were you writing your own music at this time? Cause I'm watching those videos and, and, Dude, I just went down such a YouTube rabbit hole watching your stuff. Uh-huh. What, were you writing your own music? Because you do a, a lot of the videos are covers. Yeah. When did yeah. you start writing your own music? I I actually dabbled when I was right around like 13, 14, uh, 14 like in school when I was like, li- you know, like experiencing emotions for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I like dabbled and I wrote like full length songs, but they all really sucked. They were like terrible, of course. <laughs> Teenager songs, man. Teenager, but like even worse, like oh. I like... Uh, I I remember I had this song actually like when I was like nine or ten I wrote this song called Surfing on the Clouds of Hell. Whoa, <laughs> that just remembers that is awesome. <laughs> oh God, no, it's not. Does, does hell <laughs> have clouds? <laughs> so I don't know, maybe <laughs> it's like a rock song or something. That's crazy. But, um, but no, but yeah, I like, I really, be, I took it serious and like started like recording with bands when I was like 15, 16. I think I was like, all right, like I listened to the Beatles way more. I got like what music should sound like, I think. You started learning song structure and, and things. Yeah, absolutely. And I started going like after school free programs, like to learn a little bit of theory and a little oh, bit cool. of piano and stuff. Just free, like my school offered it. It was so cool. Oh, that's awesome. You've mm-hmm. got... One hell of a stage presence. 
And you said when you first started out, you would sit there kind of in the corner, dark corner, playing yourself. When did that stage presence start to come? Because you own whatever section they cordon off for you or whatever stage you're on. How did that happen? Oh, man. I think it's like... Well, playing on the street for so long, you de- you learn what like rejection is like immediately, yeah. Yeah. and like, and you just like really try to fight it. And like, I think my whole goal was like whatever gets someone to stop, like everyone's either shopping or going to the movies or a restaurant. So the whole goal is to try to make them late. Like, no, just watch the <laughs> few songs. And so I was just like rolling on the floor. I think like so when I was thirteen, I was like really nervous and like that. But I like noticed like, all right, well, if it's a guitar solo, I got to like step forward and show people because people were seriously like you're not you're like you're lip syncing and you're not doing this. Like nobody believes me. I think people were coming after me like, so what? Like what? How do you like practice like pretending to play so good? How do you air guitar so well? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like, because I'm like a kid. I'm like, what? I think that pushed me to be like, all right, fine. So like I got like longer cables (laughs) and I went right to people's faces and like I'm like showing it to them. There are a couple of times where I would like people would call me out during a song and I would like stop and like do a solo or some shit. Oh, nice. So I think it was just out of like, like I had to like try to convince people that I'm not faking it. Like this is it. And and it's also pretty dangerous. Like you you develop a thick skin. There's like a lot of crazy people. It's by the beach. So like a lot of crazy people and bums and drunk people from brunch. Like they just (laughs) mess with you. Yeah. There's so many brunchers. Actually, yeah. I mean, Assholes. mainly the ones that go to college, like the like the the jock dudes. Oh, they frat boys! They like grab your mic and they'll like play your guitar during like while you're playing, like, like on my backup guitar. It's like, dude, come on! Like, I've, there's been a few altercations, but hey, I'll go to your foosball the, table and start screwing around with your foosball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Assholes. I don't like go to your beer pong match <laughs> yeah. and like try to celebrity shot without you while well, you're doing your shot yeah swap out uh, your miller for bud yeah dude bro 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 <laughs> but that, because i've dealt with so much of that and people like literally taking my bucket and running and stuff I'm like, so i'm so happy to be on a stage now like there's no <laughs> like sound police there's no crazy homeless people there's just like uh, an audience that are there like on purpose <laughs> so, <laughs> intention so how do they monitor that? You just mentioned sound police. How, your, vi- your videos, I mean, you sound like you're cranking it up. How, how do they monitor you know, that with, with so many people around? Oh, man. Yeah. Every like every 120 feet, there's another performer. That's like the rule. Yeah. And there's uh, only, like there's certain times when you have to you could play. But they have a the, like a little sound meter that you could get at Radio Shack or something. But they have like a special tampered one and they go hard. Like they don't really let you have any fun. Wow. So we, I really just I, I just crank it, crank it, crank it. And my dad would come out with me and he would just keep it a lookout and stuff. And <laughs> and I would even. I would even make friends with people there, like just like uh, really cool regulars that just live, hang out there. I'm like, they will just kind of stand in the corners and they would give me signs. Like there's one down the street. I just turn it down. I'd play like a Pink Floyd song or something. Nice. <laughs> and then, oh, wow. Then I would go back up to like heavier shit. That's hilarious. Speaking of Pink Floyd, that was one of my favorite videos. Who is, who's taking these videos of you on the promenade? I don't know, actually. Just random people. I don't really really put any... I think I put one up, like, years ago, but all of those are just people. Good, because I wanted to talk about a couple that cracked me up. 
And I didn't want oh, to, I, I didn't want to piss off like your dad or your manager or something because no. there were two that absolutely destroyed me because of the, whoever was taking the video, I guess. There's one you're doing, um, time, I think by Pink Floyd yeah. and whoever is filming it, it starts, starts to sing the song before you even really get started. And he's got the words so wrong. They're not even close. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally like like some dude with an Indian accent, you know, making words up that don't belong in the song at all. Have to send me that. I will. I will find, that. <laughs> I will oh, find it. And the other one is. I think it's the same guy because you start playing like Pride and Joy or couldn't stand the weather or something, and he's like, "Oh yes, Stephen Ray Vaughan." Stephen. Stephen Ray What? And I, I tried to find that one again. I couldn't find it. I gotta. I gotta go down that rabbit hole again. I'll send it to you because they they killed me. <laughs> that's freaking awesome oh my god but you do an incredible amount of covers i mean how many how, do you know how many that you were able to do i mean i don't even know it, i had like a, a whole i don't even know like a, an mp3 at, at some point i had an mp3 with like like 120 on them and maybe like 90 or not i don't know like maybe like 70 i knew like i could do this now god. and the other half I like knew it, but I never really played them. I just had them. I could, I could get through it and stuff. That's well, all right. So I'm going to list off a couple just so people get an idea of the breadth and width of your talent here, because you've done, I'm afraid of Americans. Couldn't stand the weather. Psycho killer. One of my favorite Van Halen songs ever. Could this be magic? Uh, mm. Knocking on heaven's door. Benny and the jets. You do an incredible stairway to heaven with a wah at the end of the solo. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. And then you do a cover of a song that I've never heard of. Well, yeah, I've never heard of because I don't listen to Justin Timberlake. But you do Push Your Love Girl. hear the justin timberlake version so Uh that's that i I don't care what his version is your version is the one that i want to hear yeah and you do an amazing version of civil war where you're basically axel and slash so you you are like a one-man guns and roses band sick it's crazy so slaxel (laughs) slaxel <laughs> I love it. That could be that. There you go. That's that's the name of your GNR cover band. 
at one point you did want you wanted to be a chef. So oh, yeah. How did you go from chefery, if that's a word, to music? What what chefery? What <laughs> what turned you? Um, man, I don't know. I mean, that was such a young age, I think. I, like I was like either playing guitar or just I think the idea of becoming even wanting to be a chef was like I learned how to crack an egg and I was like, whoa, (laughs) this is crazy. I just felt like I like, you know, like learned, discovered a whole new thing. Like I did it right. So, um, but no, I don't know. Like, I think I just got really into music and, uh, but I feel like they're so similar though. Like they're just like, like a a food is like the music of mouths. The way, (laughs) (laughs) yes, you are correct. (laughs) 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 you make a good point though because especially when you're when you're out on your own playing other people's tracks it's a lot like cooking you know i mean every every chef makes an eggs benedict but you know some are better than others and it's all basically the same ingredients so yeah you're doing somebody else's music you do a version of Push Your Love Girl that I don't even want to hear the original version. So, yeah, you make a good point. Cool. So, you do actually have a connection with GNR, though. I do. Well, a slight connection. Yeah. Kind of. So, because you, you're, and I don't know if you want to, I know we probably don't want to delve too much into this, but you, you, you've got your own music, but you're also a frontman in a band. Yeah, that's right. I could talk a little bit about it. Um, I had this band, Classless Act, uh, and originally it was formed by Slash's kid, London, London Hudson. Right. Uh, him, him and his best friend, Nico, and they were a great guitar player, and, and London was a great uh, drummer. And so they just kind of like formed this band, and um, and they're really good people, great guys. We were in a band for like two, a year and a half with each other. Uh, I joined in later, and... Right. Um, but I think just over time, like we, you know, like he, he's busy, dude. They're all, we're all busy. So like, oh, yeah. I think the band sort of like, we just got new members. We kind of like kept going. I'm still in the band and we recorded a full length album and that will be out hopefully very soon. Um, awesome. And it's been really great. We got to open up for miles slash miles at the palladium. It was really an honor. And that's like, amazing. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been a trip. <laughs> you, you've, got some experience with with keyboards and pianos is that another thing that you just kind of learned on your own yeah or actually well that those after school uh what do you call it those after school programs yeah uh they just like that's how i learned how to like touch even like try to learn dexterity i actually have a freaking just in case (laughs) i learned that's that's like an after school special that was fantastic (laughs) I wasn't doing anything really. That's that's if you want to like play jazz, you just don't look at the keyboard. <laughs> that's I've, jazz. That was uh, something. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't quite your version of something. Lennon's mother, but no, no, it wasn't there. Yeah, that's from that's. Something by Bill Evans. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So you've got you, your career has, has just become this snowball of amazing stuff that happens. How did you meet up with people like Steve Vai? I mean, because you released 
and it, like like your first solo EP in 2016, and then you're suddenly supporting Steve Vai on the 25th anniversary tour for Passion and Warfare. How did that happen? Yeah. You know, I got to think, well, you know, I was born and raised in L.A. And mm -hmm. in L.A., you just meet all you meet everyone in the music business, really mostly bad, yeah. <laughs> mostly the bad, the <laughs> fake ones and those shitheads and yep. all that stuff. But I got very lucky. I got uh, very fortunate to meet Ali Shiesta. He's my manager, personal manager. And um, and he just like he's been in the uh, he had bands and he was in the business for a while. He knows some people and he knows some of Steve's people. Um, and but we sent so he just sent in um, like a little a video of me playing Pride and Joy on the street. And I think it was actually a video I took, but it was still very terrible. Probably worse than the Indian dude. Stephen Ray um, Bond. <laughs> Steven! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I sent it in and Vi and I was like, we were asking like, hey, if you ever want a guy to open up? And Vi's like, all right, come up to Utah and play one show. Like, let's see if you're good enough. And I didn't even have a band still. I was like still like oh, wow. a one-man guy. So I wrangled up my friends from high school and we're like, all right, all right, like, let's learn like four songs and Pride and Joy and let's run up. We're going to play a 30-minute set. So like drove in a little shitty car <laughs> all the way up, up in Utah. And like, and that was our test. Like if I got it, if we killed it we get the rest of the tour and sure enough he loved it he was like dope yeah play the rest of the tour and stuff wow and he doesn't even have microphones on the stage because he you know he's all instrumental yeah um so they they had to like work with us like all right let's figure out let's get a mic on here and stuff it was funny that's awesome i got a chance to see him once in like 2005 or 2006 and it was an amazing show. I was living in Alabama at the time, and I drove three hours to see him. It was uh, my wife bought me tickets for my birthday, and so we we drove up at this little place called Boutwell Auditorium. It's a small little place. I mean, talking like 250, 350 person capacity, no seats, standing room only. And uh, a guy named Eric Sardinas opened up. Mm. Tall, biggest dude I've ever seen. Oh my god, that guy's enormous. Or maybe it was wow. like the kiss boots he was wearing. I don't know. But he's a huge dude. So, wow. Great, great guitarist. He plays a set. I go out into the merch table, buy his album. I turn around. Boom. I hit, it, I hit this enormous sweaty dude in the chest. And he's like, oh, cool. Hey, I'll sign that for you. And it's Eric Sardinas. Signs his CD. Oh. Awesome. And then he like walks away. And then. Uh, oh, that's he, awesome. So then we go and we watch. Uh, we watch Steve perform. And it's incredible. My wife goes, all right. She's like. Let's let's try to meet him. Like, oh, sure, okay. So they're they're ushering everybody out, and my wife goes up to uh, the secure the head of security, and she's like, she's like, look, I know this is weird. She's like, this is my, I bought these tickets for my husband. It's his birthday. Steve is is like his hero. He loves guitars. He loves Steve's guitars. Is there any way, you know, he could meet him? And the guy's like, okay, because the show was on the second floor. The auditorium is on the second floor of this building. He's like, go downstairs. Cause hey, we got to clear out. Just go downstairs and wait for me. Like, all right, sure. So we go downstairs and, uh, I told her like, we'll wait like five minutes. And I, he's, he's just brushing us off. So like, right. all right, we go downstairs. We wait a couple of minutes. He comes out and he's like, all right, come here with me. Like, oh, okay. So he takes us into this little, little hallway and we go down into the bowels of this building and we're going through these little hallways and he's like, all right, he's going to come die. He's got to, most artists will take a shower right in this locker room area before they hit the buses. And then, so he, this is a good spot for you. So like, okay. So we're sitting there waiting, waiting. 
Steve's tour manager comes by. I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's just wearing a King's X jacket. And I'm like, dude, I love your jacket. I love King's X. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was your tour manager for a while. He's like, uh, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> I'm like, oh, the head of security said, you know, Steve would come by and we could you know, maybe say hi to him and tell him how much we love the show. He's like, no, Steve's on the other side. The buses are over there. He's, he's about to leave. And I'm like, oh, uh, just then the security guy comes back. He's like, I noticed you guys didn't have anything from to sign. So I took these posters off the wall and I have these markers for you. Here you go. And I'm like, oh, we're like, oh, he's on the other side of the building. He's leaving. And he's like, all right, let's go. And he's like, and this is like this 65, 70 year old dude. He's like, we were like trucking ass through the basement of this place. We come out to this door and he's like, all right, that's where he is. We go out and Steve's signing autographs for all kinds of people. There's people with like this huge, uh, thick stack of, of promo cards and stuff. And he's like, all right, I'm going to send like, sign like three more things. Cause I know you're all going to just put this on eBay and then I'm out of here. <laughs> so we, we, we work our way up. As soon as we get to him, he's like, all right, that's it. Thanks guys. And then he walks away and I'm like, ah, oh. my wife goes, oh, hell no. We didn't do all this for that. <laughs> so she runs after him. She grabs his shoulder and like, Mr. Vi. <laughs> and he turns around. Oh, he's God. like, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh. I wanted, my husband wanted to meet you so bad. We, we drove three hours for this show. This is the first concert I've ever been to. And, you know, we didn't want to, we, we couldn't just let you walk away. We had to say hi. And so he stops everything. He's like, this is your first concert? She's like, yeah, I've never been to one before ever. But my husband's a huge fan. And she's, he's like, your first concert and you decided to see me? She's like, yeah, I'm so honored. How are you guys doing? Where, where are you from? And so we start Whoa. talking for like 10 minutes and there's people sitting there waiting for their autographs and they're just like, what are you Dude, how is this possible? <laughs> so he like he like shook my hand and I gave my wife a hug. He's like, "Thank you guys so much for coming out, man." I, you know, you got a three hour drive back. Please be careful. So, wow. and he signed the the poster that I had, and uh, and we just walked over to the to the car and drove three hours home. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Damn! Oh my god! I'm a Steve I fan for life. I mean, I was before, but man can oh, do no wrong. <laughs> that is so freaking awesome, man! And that like his whole, even his whole team is like they're like they're nice people. They're yeah. like Steve only works with good people, and man, that's so that's such a great story. Oh, back to you because this show is not usually about me and my stories. No, thank you for sharing that though. That was truly like, I love Steve. Now I love him. I don't even think I could love him more, but now that's just awesome. Oh, uh, so cool. he's just phenomenal. So when did you start releasing your own stuff? Because I've seen some original material from you and it, it's kind of spaced out. I mean, it goes back to like what, 2015, 2016. Yeah. And you've got new stuff coming out now. But not, there's, there isn't like a full length. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so are you just doing a lot of, well, up until the pandemic, are you just out touring or what was, what's going on? I don't know. It's weird. Like, um, I, don't, I guess I'm just a sporadic person, but uh, I did record two full lengths, kind of like eight songs each. Um, and one was with a band I, I was in called The Kidneys. And that was my high school, like my love, my high school romance band. The Kidneys. Um, the kidneys. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. 
that's still out there. It's called Conformity by the Kidneys on like Bandcamp. Oh, and cool. you'll hear it. It's really, it's a trio. So it's very like we're all filling in the spaces and we're all like, you know, kind of doing some weird time signature stuff. That's awesome. I don't know how I couldn't, how I didn't find that. I never like really talk about it. I don't know why, because the band kind of we were like best friends and we like broke up. So it's yeah, it's just been weird since then. Um, oh, it sucks. But yeah, you know. But so I don't really. Not that I don't want to promote it. I'm just I guess I'm focused on this. But while recording that album, I did eight songs of my own, just top to bottom. I played on everything except the drums because I wanted a real drummer. And that's where like we did Benny and the Jets and there's a song like it's a lot of those are on Bandcamp and stuff. Okay. And I released the full length, but then I slowly started taking one away because I was like, <laughs> ah, I heard more mixing problems. I was like, OK, I don't want that one to be heard by anyone or that one. Now, so is, then are you hearing these problems because you're getting more experience in this in the studio or is was it just you, you just threw it out and then like, yeah, maybe that wasn't so good. It was definitely a little bit of both. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'll always freaking hate on myself, but I was, as soon as I recorded that 2015, 2016, I started playing the ultimate jam night here in like at the whiskey and like right here, like it was nice. this big new thing that happened right then and there. I got so fortunate to like jump in there and I started playing with guys from like survivor, quiet, Riot. Like these guys put together this show and like who are like King's X, uh, Doug, uh, oh, Doug Pinnock. Doug Pinnock was a part of it. Yeah, wow. everyone like all these dudes that lived in like Hollywood decided to make this a two every Tuesday. They did this thing, and I somehow snuck in there. <laughs> That's how I kind of got familiar with like Philip Bino too, and like all these good artists, and like. I re- that it was right when I finished that album. I started playing with these guys. It was the first time I ever played with like all, like dialed in people. And then I learned, and you just learn immediately. Like, oh, okay, now I know what's good, and I know what's bad. Like, uh, that's bad. It's kind of like that kind of thing. So, Philip and uh, Roger Carter and Paul Trudeau, they're all now. Are they all playing on your song "Face Me"? Yeah, on the yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is amazing. God, I know. Like, I would never even think. I would not a million years. I get those guys. Oh, it's such a great song. Thank you. And they didn't. They didn't like. I mean, we told them like the day before. Hey, can you like come in and do something? They never heard the song before. They're like, all right, we'll come in. Wow. And they did it. Like, Filipino is just all of that was like a take. It was one take. And then we're like, all right, do one more for fun. He was making it up as he went along. And it's just genius. I'm like, God, five string bass. It's like crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. 
Same with Roger Carter. He was just like that. It was at his studio and he was just like, All right, I'll play drums on it. And he just did it. And he did it like in three takes maybe. And that was it. So is that about the same time that you, you got the gig opening for Ted Nugent? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Vi gig and then like, you know, people like in that industry, they work with each other. They, they know other touring people. And yeah. so my name was thrown in the mix and okay. they were like, all right, yeah, come on out. And we did the whole, like the whole country kind of pretty That's much most of it. Awesome. So you went from playing a select number of gigs, opening for Vi to opening an entire tour for Nuge. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. How did you meet up with Vernon Reed? Vernon Reed. So like you said, things just snowball. So like, you know, after the uh, Nuge tour, I got some nicer gigs. I got like some cooler, like opening for like Lynch Mob. And and I got one slot for Living Color in Arizona. Just one. And it was just acoustic too. Oh, wow. Like a bass book. Yeah. And um, we, my manager, Ollie also was friends with Vernon. Yeah. So we kind of just kind of like, you know, got the chance to open up for them. And that was also a test. Like, all right, if you're good here, you might do some more. But during the Nuge tour, I, we stopped by the Lincoln Center. Um, Vernon was throwing an event like for Chuck Berry right when he passed. Right. And um, I like learned Nadine real quick, like on the way there. <laughs> and um Jeez. And we just did it. Like I was played on the Lincoln Center and he was like, all right, that's dope. And as soon as we finished the news tour, like couple, like two weeks later, we went on the road with Living Color. It was like perfect. It was God. like, bam, bam. Man, I, God, I wish I could have seen that. I, I got a chance to see Living Color on the Stain tour. Mm. Local dude opened up. He was really good. Quality guy. Uh, I think his name was Alan Scott. But I, I got a chance to see Living Color twice in my life. Once was in 93 and the other one was for the stain tour or for the uh, shade tour. So stain and shade. Nice shade in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they, the uh, stain tour they opened up for uh, a bad brains opened up, man. It was a great show. Oh, fuck yeah. And they, they played. I was up in Rochester, New York, studying photography, and they opened up at the University of Rochester and they just played in an auditorium for a bunch of college kids. It was crazy. My buddy, Corey, Corey decides he's going to go. Uh, I don't remember what song it was, but he jumps into the audience and starts like running through the audience. He's up in the bleachers. We're up in the bleachers and he's just like, running. he runs up right in front of us. And my buddy jumped on his back and rode him down the, the uh, stairways back to the pit. So, that was crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, he, he, he rode Corey Glover like a pony. It's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Damn. And then I got a chance. I love that. The insane <laughs> album is so sick. I oh, love that album. Dude, it is great. The, the Wall is one of my favorite tracks of all time. I love yeah, that. The Wall. Between, they did that live in the Shade too, yes. right? Like they so good. Yeah, they've got the and then, then the Shade tour was just amazing. I mean, they I thought they were good in '93, but they were even better for that tour. It was just incredible. Yeah, and I think people don't always realize that they're still putting music out. I mean, the mm-hmm. Chair in the Door is an incredible album. The Chair, the Chair in the Doorway, I should say. Chair in the Doorway. That is a mm-hmm. great album. Anyway, yeah. So you end up writing and recording kind of your music with Vernon. How is the experience different between uh, your first time in the studio with yourself and then going in working with a guy like Vernon? Man, that was awesome. Well, like as soon as we finished a tour with Living Color, I was like kind of bugging him and like asking him like. Uh, hey, can like we write music together, please? please, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so busy; he's constantly performing and recording and writing. Yeah. But like, I I knew he might be free at Christmas break, so I was like, 
he was nice enough to invite me over. Like I left like three in the morning uh, on New Year's Day. Like as soon wow. as the ball dropped, I went to the airport and like got there on the red, red eye because I knew he wouldn't have any more time. So just for about a week, I was at his house. We were like meeting up like eight or nine a.m. in the morning, working like till like wow. into the late afternoon and. Uh, every day we just wrote click on me and like a bunch of other songs but click on me was the one we were like all right this is sick let's record this one that's a great tune Because with the pandemic, you know, you got mm-hmm. this song, Click On Me, that sounds kind of critical of everybody's almost addiction to the internet. Yeah. Unfortunately, now we're in a time where that's one of the only ways you can get music. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's such a positive and negative. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it allows you to reach so many more people. But it also allows mm-hmm. so many more people to just, you know, instead of stealing your money from a bucket, they're kind of, you know, they can steal yeah. it on the, online now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same old, same old story. Same problems. Uh, day. Same yeah. problems. Yeah, oh, here, let me turn on this this light right here. It's kind of dark. Yeah, no worries, man. Sorry, I don't know if you edit this or not to be <laughs> no pauses, but all right. No, this is a live video feed. Oh, killer. Uh, <laughs> is no. it really? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Oh, yeah, because we're going to do things later. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So you've got this awesome friendship now with Vernon. Have you ever done any Living Color covers? Uh, Not performed. I definitely, like, I play them at home because I love the Shade album. Yes. It's, like, my favorite thing ever. And I just like jam, like come on all the time. One of my favorite songs is Glass Tea. Yes. And they actually invited me. Oh my God. They invited me on stage to sing with them a couple of times on tour. And I was wow. like, oh my God. That and Two so, Sides. Like, yeah. Two of my, Glass Teeth and Two Sides are two of my favorite tracks off that album. Yeah. Yeah. They're the whole album. So I just like jam their music like at home. And I don't really try to attempt Vernon solos. They're too crazy. They're like too like insane. It's kind of funny to hear you say that because I'm watching these videos of you and you're just like an acrobat on your guitar. It's the stuff you pull off is incredible. What are you playing? Ah. I know you you got a Fender endorsement, but what Fender are you playing? What kind of amps do you have a a rack set up or are you playing through different pedal? What's your setup, I guess? I just use a Fender. It's called like an American Pro um, Stratocaster. It's like a reissue, like 2017. It's my favorite. It's like a, I love the whammy bar. I also love the uh, Telecaster, just, you know, American made here. And um, yeah, mainly that that Strat is my thing. And um, and like, uh, you can even see it back here, but I use this Fender Bass Breaker. It's a big, two, uh, I think 210 inch, and it just sounds really creamy and big and yeah. fat. And and yeah, and I use Nexi pedals. Nexi is like, they're like this vintage Amsterdam pedal company. They make like waterproof pedal boards and stuff, oh like wireless too. Oh, that's perfect yeah. for playing outside in a, on a promenade. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a lot of trouble with humidity, especially near the beach. So yeah. they came through. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's really cool. Nexi pedals. That's kind of what I'm doing. I also have like I had this guy, Thomas Nordig. He's Vi's guy. And yeah. he does he does Steve. Uh, no, who else? He does everybody. He does like uh, Malmsteen and like Dweezil and all these guys. Wow. He, he like builds their pedal boards and is their guitar tech. And yeah, he's just, uh, he built me a pedal board and it was it's wow. genius. It's just like all to my favorite specs. He gave me this pedal called the freak out pedal. It's like a Zappa sustain pedal that has like weird noises. If you like, it goes oh, into outer space. Awesome. That's one yeah. thing I would, I, I mean, I not nearly talent as talented as you, but I've taught myself how to play. I just make noise and I just bash on my guitar and my kids yell at me and my wife yells at me, but I, I have a blast just making noise one thing i've always wanted is a sustainer like uh the fernandez yeah. makes that sustainer like satch's sound where he just keeps it going on and on and on. i love that yeah yeah that you should oh my god when you get that you're like you'll never <laughs> want to leave the guitar ever again yeah <laughs> what kind of whammy are you using is it is is it a floyd rose or is it something a little different because you go ham on that thing it's just a, what do you call it? Like, uh, it's not a Floyd. Um, it's just a f raised or like a floating, uh, trim, floating okay. trim. So it's just a little raised, so I could go back a little bit. And I try to put like, uh, this, I can't remember what it's called, but I use, um, it's like Steinberger tuning pegs. I kind of mod modded my guitar to have those pegs and like this certain little nut that where the strings float on two little tiny balls, each string. So the more they float, uh, when they're not touching something, uh, they're less likely they go out of tune and the Steinbergers keeps it from breaking too. Oh, easily. wow. That's awesome. Cause that's, that's always a thing. You go crazy on that thing. It's going to knock it way out of tune. Yeah, and it has a lot, like all the time. <laughs> no matter what, it's still going to go out of tune. <laughs> well, I also read or heard or something that you went to Nairobi to write music. Yeah, I did. And How did what was that show. about? I just went like on a whim, like um, I just got a Nairobi. I'll, yeah, yeah, or Ken, you know, like um. My uh, my girlfriend's parents were living there, and they had a place. I was like, like she goes there every year, and I was. They invited me, and I was like, hell yeah, like let's go. I've wow. never been Africa before, so. But when we when I got there, I was like, let's book some shows. Come on, I brought my guitar. Like <laughs> might as well. So I played a few shows, like, and it's a college town too. It's a college city, so wow. I made some friends, like some lifelong friends there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Did you write anything that? Uh is coming up on a, on any new releases or anything that that you've already released in Nairobi, huh? Let me yeah. think. Um, there is one song I wrote, and I recorded it with Vernon. Vernon produced it, but I wrote it, I think, in Nairobi. It's I actually started writing it in Poland, and wow. then, and I I guess I finished it in Nairobi. It's kind of weird. It's totally <laughs> international song. Yeah, right. Never touched American soil, but um. <laughs> We, uh, I think it's called Different, and it's, um, it's a song that's already recorded. I might as well put it out. I don't know. Yeah, dude, because I'm looking through the stuff. I'm hearing the, the, the covers and all are great, but man, I'm dying to hear more of your original stuff because it's so unique. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the tracks here. And there's Click On Me, There Is No Me, Fine Lines, mm -hmm. which, which by the time this comes out, will be out, Another Day... Uh, face me and then i saw another one that i can't remember the name of it it's 
you're in your American flag shirt on the video. Oh, uh, in, um, uh, huh. In the video, is it like a live video? No, no. You know, here's the thing. Here's okay. Now, here's here's my problem with you. Okay. <laughs> I, go, I go on YouTube and I look up Derek Day, and every time I go and look you up, I never find the same videos. There are so many videos of you doing all kinds of stuff, and I want to find a certain one, and I can't find it because every time I go, it pulls up a whole slew of new things I haven't seen. Oh wow! It's crazy. I don't know what the algorithm is with your name, but man. It pulls up all kinds of stuff. Every time I go, I'm finding new stuff like the the uh, the live version of, of Hallelujah that you played with your buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, she's gosh, she's awesome. Oh yeah, no, uh, Debbie Holiday. Yes, she she re- uh, rewrote Face Me together. That okay. and she like produced the track. She made it happen. That's a that that version is it's amazing. I absolutely wow, love cool. it. And it kind of awesome. It, that kind of reminded me, I was asking, um, I, was, I sent your music, uh, one of the videos on YouTube to a buddy of mine. I'm like, who does this guy's voice remind me of? I said, I can't think of it. And he's big into 80s and 90s metal. I'm like, what? Tell me what you think. And he's like, it's kind of like Jeff Buckley meets Ronnie James Dio. Whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. I'll take, yeah. That's, <laughs> that works. That sounds like, that's what it sounds like. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you get, yeah. you, I'm getting a lot of different feedback on whenever I send your, your stuff to people, but it's all positive. So yeah, God, Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> that's awesome. So cool. I want to oh. send you, we, I want to send you the fine lines video. I'll do it later. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were the whole music video and I'm sure I just want you to have it, you know, just oh, to dude, appreciate that. Well, I, I've got a, all right. So this is, this is more of a general question for you because I've had some, I've had a you know, wide variety of people on the podcast so far. And one thing that I've, I've wanted to ask, cause I've had one or two other bands that are just emerging that mm-hmm. are very influenced to me, to my ears. They sound like they're very influenced by eighties, nineties, LA metal. Right. And I can hear that in, in some of your music. There's a band called South of Eden. There's, I, I hear it in their music. Is there a resurgence of that coming on? Are you seeing that while you're, while you're playing out in, in LA and Santa Monica or, or wherever you're playing? Is, is there an interest in that music that's, that's bubbling up? Yeah. You know, I think, well, you know, like the whole thing is, uh, I don't know what the saying is, but it's like, uh, everything is sort of cyclical or fashion and music is cyclical. But, um, yeah, like, you know, a couple of years ago, or maybe like 10 years ago, Tame Impala and this band called Temples. And there's a lot more shoegazy bands too. Not like that, but more, even more, I think yeah. they're trying to emulate the sixties and stuff. And, and the now it is like, 
psychedelia, yeah, tripping out, and then um, just creating atmospheres. But now, yeah, you're right. I think it's getting heavier. It's like, let's like get Marshall amplifiers and stuff, get big, kind of like long-haired leather jackets. I'm definitely seeing that all around, especially in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, I follow a lot of guys around here. Like just on Instagram, I noticed that they're just, and they're like, you know, not really any synthesizers or keyboards on their tracks. They just like two guitars, bass, drums, vocals, oh, maybe one harmony. Yeah. And they're keeping it raw. And that's pretty cool. Like, I love it. And, and then some, some of it's original. Some of it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and vocally, I'm hearing a lot of guys, you know, guys that sound like, you know, David Coverdale or you know yeah robert plant kind of or you know guys that sound yeah. like uh the 80s metal even you know the, and it's that's what i kind of grew up on so I, i'm just really fascinated by how that's coming back around yeah it's, it's weird it's awesome <laughs> it's awesome yeah it's definitely awesome it and it trips me out though because like what what is fashion like i don't get it like well, I don't know what it is. Like you said, everything's cyclical, man. So whatever I've got, all my clothes, I just hang on to it. And in 10 years, I'll be back in style. Bam. So. Yeah. Man, I remember mom jeans was like a huge thing when I was going to high school, like like uh, <laughs> seven years ago or something. I don't even know when. I don't know how old I am. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, like mom jeans was a huge thing and they still kind of are. Like, yep. I mean, two sure. daughters and they, that's what they like. And I'm like, okay. Cause that covers more of you. So that's fine with me. That's good. Yeah. yeah that's totally good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because God, when I was in high school, the big thing were tight jeans, but big sweatshirts. And then I saw that, that coming back a few years ago. And I'm like, and, and to rip jeans, rip jeans. That yeah. was big when I was in high school. Like the, the more rips tears in your jeans, the better. And now I've, my daughters are, are wearing that. I'm like, you have real real jeans that are whole and complete. Yeah. Wear those. I pay good money for those. But that's yeah. <laughs> that's not what's in style, Dad. Yeah, right. And you're like, oh, you guys are up kind of north, so like it's cold. I know. Like, cover <laughs> up. Like, ooh. I know. Put some more on. I don't want to see any skin. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, man. That's such a trip. I know. I did notice another thing on your videos that you do like to smash things into your face. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You haven't even seen the fine lines video. Okay, cool. I have. <laughs> oh, you have. Okay, cool. Awesome. Ali sent it to me. Awesome. <laughs> oh, great. So you have it. So yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So you've... <laughs> Is there a reason you like smashing things into your face? Mud and uh, cake and... Mud, cake. Uh, Is there man, anything else? It, it, there are like I usually I love doing that stuff. I mean, I, I made other videos that like that never were released, but like just anything, like just anything, whatever's near. Um, and it's always like improvisational. It's never really planned or scripted. Um, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, it's just my go to. There's no <laughs> real specific reason. I just feel like maybe like uh, I wanted to be I want every character I am in the video to have like an alternate persona at the end of the video, maybe like okay. at the end we're going to be someone else. Like, um, it's like 
the song, I, I feel like I, I try to write songs that are always metamorphosizing, and that's not a word. <laughs> Metamorphic song. <laughs> but like, no, but like morphing. songs that. We'll go like, with morphing. Morphing, morphing. I, I always want them to like kind of be something different by the end, but also the meaning, they always change over time. They always find a new meaning, and like, yeah. I want to try to capture that in the video. So, like, I'm a different thing at the end. I have like this mask I put on or this Batman thing happening or whatever. Okay. By the end of the song, I'm like this. I've changed with the song somehow. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And who's in your band now? Because you have so much freaking energy. Your band's got to keep up with you. I mean, I mean, not just just running around on stage, but your guitar playing. The who's in your band, and and how did you find these guys? Because they've got to keep up with you. Well, you know, in LA, you got like you got the cream of the crop. Yeah, you got everyone. True. Like, every, everyone's like just dialed in and every song has a different like player honestly um but for the last couple singles it's been alan toka on the drums uh he's from jersey originally but he's lived here for like 10 years or yeah, so and New jersey yeah yeah he's and he's a grew up there. super cool dude oh nice <laughs> awesome Gar- garden state yeah it's central jersey yeah. there is a central jersey and i grew up there nice killer <laughs> yeah he lived out like in like in a farm somewhere it was kind of like in a barn or something. yeah i don't know that's, where that's like the area that i grew up is all rural oh a lot of farms oh cool killer <laughs> but yeah alan toka he's he's an amazing power drummer he hits real hard and he's really fast and, yeah. um and he like climbs rocks but also, and then like I had Ben White on a couple. Of, he's just another amazing. He played on Click on Me, on Fine Lines, on the record. It's it's Nick Diorio, just another great young bass player here, and um, just a bunch of friends, people I just meet. Like I just I really like you. Let's just do this together, this one thing together, and cool. we do it. And then we're like, cool, thanks. And then <laughs> and and then my live performer, yeah, my live performing band is to Alan Toka. Whenever he can. And Leanne Bowes, and she's just like an incredible. She's got like a good thumb. She's very versatile. Yeah. And I, I really want to record with her next, actually. That'd be cool. That would be great because she is amazing. You guys are so tight in the live videos. That's true. So you guys definitely need to record something. Maybe that song from Nairobi. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, that one was recorded. <laughs> oh, that's recorded. Damn it. Yeah. Arr. Oh, well. All right. So what is what would a, a full length Derek Day album sound like? Because you've got so many different styles that you're fluent in. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Probably more honed in on um, like a heavy blues or something, but I don't know, like nobody wants to take chances on someone like labels. I've tried to like shop 
like songs like Click On Me and like other tunes before they were where before they released at certain labels. And they were like, you're a little too everywhere, man. Like Social Kittens to like pr- maybe this style and yeah. Another Day is like this. But then this is like that. It's like I, like they don't know. Labels don't know what to do with it. So full length. That's why I do singles only. I'm like, here's just a cool little thing for right. What I'm feeling right now. Bam. Yeah. Like, and I feel like this. So I don't know what a, I honestly don't know what a full length would be. Wow. Well, that's, you know, Bandcamp is perfect for that, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you could just buy it, pay what you want or whatever, you know? Yeah. You you, know. you just put out one single at a time once it's done? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you, you mentioned that you got robbed once. At le- maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, I don't know. You said, you mentioned one time that you got robbed. <laughs> like, for sure. At least once. At least once. Yeah. Is that the worst live experience you've had? Or is there, is there anything that tops that? Well, man, um, <laughs> damn, uh, I mean, I've, re- I've fallen down. I've, um, yeah, but you can make that look good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I try, I try to, sometimes I try to do it intentionally. Um, <laughs> um, gotta make those people late for the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I gotta be late for the movie. Miss not just the previews. <laughs> But man, I think man, I I think one time it was an important gig and it was like my amp went out or something. It was something st- stupid technical and it was an important gig and I was like, "Damn it, this is not cool." Like that really. And I have I'm like the king of technical difficulties on stage all the time breaking strings middle of the song, but I could deal with that. Yeah. But then something happened. I think it was like I played just a low I don't know, maybe it wasn't that important. But it really sticks out to me when like, <laughs> oh man, like for the whole like half a song my I'm not hearing my guitar. Cause I could at least play on like there, I think Phil Sace does something where he like he bends oh, is it, or Phil X, they they have this trick where they bend up to the note. Like like even if their guitar is all out of whack, you could still make it sound like it's in tune. You just yeah. kinda like You had to work, work harder, but Yeah, exactly. So and it's almost fun. Like, okay, cool. Like let's <laughs> challenge, accepted. <laughs> but yeah, when your sound is off, I'm like, oh, that's not cool. And yeah. that's happened a couple times. And that's just like, oh man. And like, and you don't know why. And it's probably just one guitar pedal that just gave up or one cable that's just not just now decided to not work anymore. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Do you have a favorite live experience and something that happened, you know, on stage or otherwise? Man, well, there's one live experience. Um, Vi asked me to perform with my band at the Mama Jamathon. It's like a charity event he did. It's like 52 hours long of charity nonstop. Wow. And but he asked me to come up with him and Moby, and um, and then again with him and Vernon. Oh, and I was sweet. like, we did like a whole lot of love or something. And I was like, God, this is insane. So that was <laughs> something that really stuck out to me forever. I'm like, got to meet Moby and he's like a genius. And that's crazy. And then also playing the palladium just in general. I've said this before. It's just, there's something really weird about that venue. When you're on stage, it's like really heavy. And I can only describe it as it's very nerdy, but I used to watch Dragon Ball Z yes. when I was younger. <laughs> and there's this thing in there where they go to train the hyperbolic time chamber. When there's a new evil guy that's like destroying everything, they go in the hyperbolic time chamber for like three days or like for three years. But it's only like three days in the real world. Oh, wow. And it's super heavy. And they're like, bah! and they're like, everything's really heavy. And they just train. That's what it felt like at the Palladium. I was like in this weird time, non-existent time heaviness happening. Oh, wow. It's crazy. 
for some reason that jogged a, a question in my head. You've done a bunch of uh, like Zoom live streams. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest difficulty with that? Because I've seen musicians do it. I've recorded on Zoom, and to me, it's no different than Skype. I still have you know some buffering issues, lagging issues, but I see these guys doing these like like uh, I saw Alex Skolnick. Charlie Benanti and uh, I don't remember who was on bass and they were doing YYZ by Rush and it was flawless and it was amazing. And I'm like, I can't even do that on a podcast. I can't get two people to talk and keep it in sync. How is this happening? Is, is it, are they recording their own end? I mean, can you, you know, let me in on the secret there. Are you, are you, and you're like, and these guys that you see, are they in different places at yes. once? Yes. Yeah. It's like three different zoom feeds. And it's, and I was just like, this is, Maybe I need to actually pay for Zoom. Whoa, no, it's not it's not a Zoom thing. <laughs> we the technology is it's in the works. I know some companies, I know there's one company like I think it's like called Coffee or Caffeine or something and they're like making they're just working on latency issues with that sort of thing. They've been um but no one's quite hit it yet like where you could do that. I think those guys they're playing live into a thing, but they record it. It's pre-recorded. They edit it later, and then they put it out. That's what I figured because I get all kinds of weird buffering things going on just on the on with two people on a Zoom call. So, but so how, what's your experience been like doing Zoom live stuff or, or live streaming shows? It's been great. I did like one every single week since the pandemic happened, and then I slowed down because it was just me by myself in a house. Yeah, and um. But I use like this, like IK Multimedia uses this like iRig, like live stream thing. And it, it makes it sound like really crisp, clear. It, could, it just sounded good. Oh, nice. And um, and it's been good. Like I, I would do some like where I would get like just put my Venmo pin there and I'll get money or I'll pin like a charity for certain things and it would just donate to the charity. And um, but it's been, it's just been positive. But I wouldn't say too much of a learning experience. It, I didn't really get anything too much from it, you know. Just the ability to play. Yeah, just being people. playing with them. Yeah, and like actually the interaction part was really fun. Just like reading the comments and everyone's like we become <laughs> friends. That's awesome. Well, we, look, you you just got the best energy. You're so positive, and I absolutely love it. It's just been a blast talking with you for i mean i've kept you a little over an hour at this point i really thank you for your time and it's been so much fun and i'm looking forward to what's coming up next and i don't do a whole lot of following people on spotify and, and, and youtube for the show but i've followed you and uh, and subscribed to your youtube channel because it's just i love what you're doing and i love the energy that you're that you're putting out Thanks so much, Mark, man. Yes, same to you. I love your energy. I'm glad we're friends now. Me too. Can't wait to come up to Virginia and we'll play we'll play some music sometime. I, 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 I failed you now. I could not hold it in. I couldn't hold out. Well, sometimes I feel and I feel it now. It feels like I'm never coming down. Oh,
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.